Your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. Well, hello and welcome to another Retirement Matters podcast with Michael Stewart. I'm Mark Haywood here in the studio with Michael Stewart today. He's the founder of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, serving you with an office in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Check him out online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. A lot of good information there. You can find past podcasts under the podcast tab. If you like what you're listening to and want to hear more, that's crystallaketax.com. Michael has his MBA in finance and is a registered financial consultant. He co-authored the book, Purpose-Based Investing, Nine Lessons to Rescue Your Retirement from Wall Street, and that is available on Amazon. And with that, Michael, hello and welcome into the podcast. Hello, Mark. Great to speak with you again. It's good to be back with you again. We're uh, going to be shortly rolling into summer, so it's excited to be able to get outside, enjoy some of that summertime weather that's soon to come. It's barbecue season, right? Absolutely. Time to start grilling out, dust that grill off, and get it ready to go. I love it. Well, before we do that today, before you run off and start cooking your own barbecue on us, I want to dive into some, hopefully, what will be some good content. We're actually going to be a little bit counterintuitive on the podcast today. I think a lot of times we hear advice and it makes pretty good common sense. And this advice at first you might say, wait, what? We'll dive into that a little bit, but first let's hear from the news around us. Extra, extra, read all about it. Yes, let's do dive into the news. What's going on in the world around us? Always love to take some popular events from the news and see if we can apply them to our financial life. Michael, President Trump has been tweeting a lot of attacks at Amazon recently. Should we all sell our Amazon stock? No, no, we can cite the Trump tweet storm over Amazon or even China healthcare tariffs or whatever the tweet du jour is. Or we just kind of point to the celebrities like the Kardashians and Rihanna when they trash Snapchat. And in both cases, cause some short-term financial sways, both up and down in the market prices of those different stocks. What I counsel clients to do is really just not focus on that daily noise, whether it's presidential tweets or you know CNBC on a daily basis. In the long run, that's all it is, is really noise. Markets go up and down daily. Stocks go up and down daily. What's truly going to make you financially successful over time is to focus on what you can control. How much are you saving? Are you keeping your fees low? Are you taking an acceptable level of risk that you're going to be able to commit to in good markets and bad? And on that last part, stick with a portfolio in good markets and bad, especially with some of the volatility we've had lately. Since 1994, there's a study out from a company called Dalbar. It's called the Quantitative Analysis of Investor Behavior. Now, I mentioned, I think, in our last podcast. And what it does, it measures the effects of investors' decisions to buy, sell, and switch in and out of mutual funds over short and long periods of times. And the results consistently show that average investors earn much less than mutual fund performance reports. Why? Because the average investor says that they're in it for the long term, but they're chasing shiny objects. Is tech hot? What's the latest tweet? Is real estate hot? How about international? How about Bitcoin? They don't stick to a disciplined process. They're driven by noise and news rather than a portfolio process that gets them the long-term returns because instead they're jumping in and out basing it on short-term decisions. So, I mean, here's an example. In that Dalbar report, the last 10 years, the S&P 500 has returned to 8.5% annually. The average equity or stock investors got about 4.8%, or about half of what the market's returned. The average balanced investor returned only about 2.5% over that same 10 years. So, you know, when as it comes to whether it's Amazon tweets or any kind of noise out there, have a plan and a process to develop what to invest in and why you stick with it. 
So to get those long-term returns and averages, you got to be committed to the long-term. That's right. It's all about that long game when it comes to investing. Develop a plan and a strategy that works for you. Stick with it. Of course, if you need to make changes to your plan, we understand that. Plans change. Life happens. But it's all about making measured changes and calculating your goals rather than reacting to the market or whatever the president may be putting out on social media or these other celebrities. It's all about staying the course, make a plan, and stay invested. And with that, let's hop into the mailbag and see what you have to say to us. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Michael, today on the podcast, let's take a question from Clark in Lake Forest. Clark says, we have $1.5 million saved for retirement, very little debt. He's got a pretty straightforward question. Do we have enough not to worry about money throughout retirement? Well, Clark, congratulations on having done a good job savings. Now, I'm going to answer this question a little bit specific to the area that I'm familiar with that you live in in Lake Forest. And also, this is a question that we're going to answer generally so it'll apply to kind of everybody else listening. And really, it's a question that we hear often because there's a lot of moving pieces. So, you know, everybody comes in and asks, do we have enough to retire? So although a million and a half dollars sounds like a lot of money, for some it is truly plenty, more than they'll ever need. And for others, it's not near enough. Let me make an assumption, Clark, and this is because you live in Lake Forest where the average home price is about $800,000. Lake County, the county that Lake Forest is in, actually has about 3% property tax rates. So on that average, you just have an average home, your property taxes alone are probably $24,000 or more a year. So living in Lake Forest, it'd probably be safe to assume that to comfortably reside there, your income was probably pretty substantial as well at six figures and beyond. So my questions would be, how much income do you need in retirement to sustain the lifestyle and the expenses that you have and be able to do all the things that you've been hoping for in retirement? Are there any other sources of income? Is there pension, social security? Because if you do a back of the napkin calculation, if you just took a 4% withdrawal rate on that million and a half, so kind of what they would assume is a relatively safe withdrawal rate, that's only gonna generate about $60,000 a year in income from the portfolio, plus whatever other sources that you have. And as we kind of talked is your property taxes are gonna eat up about half of that after taxes. So now let me step back for a minute. On the surface, when we do financial planning for client, it always starts with how much retirement income do we need and how do we generate it without risking running out of money. Retirement isn't about the assets, whether it's a million and a half or half a million. It's about the income that you can get. You don't spend mutual funds, you don't spend stocks, you spend income, the interest, the dividends and the gains that are taken. So Clark, my recommendation is actually just to sit down with an advisor and sharpen that pencil to figure out what your income requirements are that you have coming from all the different sources. What amount of income is required to support the lifestyle that you want to retire into? And what's that process that's going to determine if you have any income gaps and how to fill them? You know, so although a million and a half dollars, that's a great start and might even be a great end if you're ready to retire, but you need to balance that with what your expenses are going to be in retirement. I think that's a great point. You see those commercials on TV all the time that ask about, you know, what's your number, the amount it'll take for you to retire, and everybody has these different numbers. And I just, on some level, think it's silly to assume that $1 million is going to be enough, or $2 million is going to be enough, or $10 million is going to be enough. It's just all about your lifestyle. And rather than this overarching figure, it's all about generating the income, the monthly income that you will need to maintain your lifestyle. That's exactly right. What we wind up finding is with clients, we'll have clients that come in and you know we manage several million dollars for them. 
but they have an income need of $200,000 a year, $150,000 a year, because they also entered in, yes, they had a lot of assets, but they entered in with a lot of expenses. Maybe they still have a large mortgage. Maybe they have a high income need because some outstanding debts or obligations or kids that still have to go through college. And then we have other clients that we just manage a few hundred thousand dollars for. And because of they've got a union pension and social security, and you know, they're not even touching their investments because their income sources are already guaranteed and sustained. So, you know, just like you just mentioned, it's everyone's situation is unique. There's no magic number that you need to get to. It's all about the income you need to cover the lifestyle and expenses that you have as you enter in retirement. Thanks for the question, Clark. As always, if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, you too can submit a question for us to take. Go to crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And if you go to the contact us page, you'll see there's a little box where you can submit your message to the team at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. That's just crystallaketax.com, crystallaketax.com. And with that, let's dive into our topic for the week. As I said earlier, we're going to give some counterintuitive advice. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes advice just makes good sense. But other times, the guidance we get doesn't quite align with our expectations. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It just all depends. So let's talk about some counterintuitive pieces of financial advice that you may or may not receive. First being, skepticism is okay. No, that's true. A good financial advisor is not only going to allow you to be skeptical, but they're going to encourage you to ask questions. It's important that you understand what's going on. And if you don't, you should question why certain topics, certain investments, different strategies are being implemented. Because the more educated you are, the more comfortable you are with the process. That being said, at the same time, once you've gotten that comfort level and you have that trust, then you've got to do what Nick Saban in Alabama says, which is trust the process. If you've put a plan together for the long term, you can't get sidetracked by daily market noise or fluctuations. You've got to stick with that plan. But to be skeptical on the front end, that makes perfect sense because it's important that you understand what you own and why. Another good piece of counterintuitive advice is to take it slow. I think that goes along with your trust the process. Oh, absolutely. A good financial advisor is going to encourage you to take the planning process at a pace that you're comfortable with. I always mention many times on our podcast is the process that we go through for that retirement success blueprint. You know, take your time, have a few meetings, ask a lot of questions, make sure you get an education along the way. An advisor rushing you through that process should probably be a big red flag. You know, our planning process is three steps at a minimum. We have that discovery meeting, that free hour meeting. Basically, it's answer your questions, are we a good fit? Can we provide value? And do we decide to move on to a plan? After that, we go to the design meeting and we co-design a plan together. Here's where you are. Here's what you want to go. What shortfalls do we have and what are we open to changing or not? And then the last thing is that delivery one. You know, so our third step is that delivery meeting where you get that two-inch, 100-page plan, but we don't focus on the 100 pages. We focus on the recommendations roadmap. And that just says what needs to be done, when does it need to be done, and who's responsible for it. You know, do you want to do it on your own? You want to work with somebody else? Do you want to hire us to do it? It's your choice. You know, but that allows you a process in place. And the reason we put that in place is so that it's not rushing through because there's some sales pitch at the end. It's a matter of sitting down, finding out what's truly important about your money to you and what we needed to do over the rest of your life and putting that plan together. You know, that's a process that should not be rushed. It really shouldn't. Make sure to take the time think through your goals and what it's going to take to achieve them, and of course, get a plan in place. Now, Michael, you can learn a lot from history, and you can learn a lot by studying market patterns and activity through the years, but you could also say that past returns from the market don't always tell the whole story. 
True. I mean, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, what is it? Those who fail to learn from history, you know, are will repeat doomed it. to repeat it. Yep, exactly. You know, and and I mentioned earlier, you know, that Dalbar study, you know, it's saying that the market over the last 10 years is average about eight and a half percent and the average investors average about 4.8. So not only is past performance not a good indicator of future performance, you can't get long term returns thinking short term. You know, so your process, your mental makeup and process has to change and focus on what's truly important to you, not specifically, you know, what the hot commodity or stock is in any one given year. Yes, that's right. It's not about what's hot right now. It's important that you are simultaneously, you're studying those trends at the same time, realizing that they're not necessarily indicative of what's going to happen in the future. After all, it's the market. It's being invested in by emotional investors, behavioral investors. I think that's the term that we use a lot. And so it is going to fluctuate somewhat unpredictably. Michael, sometimes it's also good to be an outsider. Absolutely. And this can actually apply in so many different things in some of the financial planning work that we do. You know, and I like this because this piece we're talking about, you know, things being counterintuitive. But, you know, everybody hears buy low, sell high. But in fact, and that's what the Dalbar study shows is everybody buys high and sells low. So they do just the opposite of what they want to do. Even when it comes to saving versus investing, Dave Ramsey and I will, you know, disagree a lot on the actual investing side. But when it comes to saving and debt management, he's spot on. One of my favorite quotes from him is live like no one else today so you can live like no one else in the future. And that just basically means that you got to make some financial sacrifices today so that you have a better tomorrow. You know, I also like his quote, you know, so broke I couldn't pay attention, you know, but that's a different lesson on something else. You know, an an example (laughs) on that on the outsider would be, you know, you hear people, you know, whether it's Ken Fisher on TV or clients come in and, you know, we'll talk about insurance, talk about stocks, bonds. I'm like, oh, I hate annuities. I'm like, me too. But I love what they can do. Some examples of what they can do is they pay higher interest rates and CDs. They link to the percentage of the stock market upside without risk to principal. They can provide a lifetime income like a pension that you can't outlive. None of those are necessarily bad things. Now, sure, there's trade-offs, but a blanket statement never fits. So sometimes you want to look a little bit outside the box on things that may or may not make sense for you, given what your specific needs are, because there's always pros and cons and trade-offs with all investment choices. So as long as you're educated and know those trade-offs, you get to make good, educated decisions. So sometimes it's it's good to be an outsider. Sometimes it is good to be an outsider. And finally, Michael, the internet is not your friend. I know that seems kind of counterintuitive given that, uh, well, you can find anything on the internet these days, but that always doesn't work to your benefit. I find it very amusing. I, I always mention, you know, everybody that knows us knows that we have a tax practice as well as a financial planning and investment management practice. And I tell them, especially during tax season, you know, we say, oh, wait, no, you can't write that off. Or, nope, this is considered income. They're like, no, 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 look, I, I found it online. This article, you know, written by some guy in Guam or something, you know, said that I could do that. And we're like, you know, no, you can't. If you search long enough online, you'll find anything on any topic that you want that agrees with what you would like it to say. But the facts don't actually change. And one of the thing about the Internet not being your friend, and I'll kind of pull it back in onto the financial planning side, is that you always hear me talk about shiny objects or distractions. That's what the internet's going to do for you. It's going to be, you know, 20 stocks to buy right now or why you should sell emerging markets or whatever today's headline is. You can't get wrapped up in that. It's all noise. It's all shiny objects at the end of the day to divert eyeballs and attention. What you need to focus on is the plan that you and your advisor put together because that's what's going to get you and your family financially secure for the rest of your life. That's right. It's important to ignore the noise and stay invested. It's all about having a plan in place. 
And Michael, what's it look like to do that, to get that plan in place, to come up with a strategy to get you into retirement successfully? I know that you meet with folks all the time. What are some of the conversations that you have and what do you do when they come in for a visit? A big part of the conversation is really a lot of the things that we even covered in today's podcast, which is, do I have enough? Am I on the right track? You know, and that's whether somebody's got a couple million dollars or a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, our first meeting is that discovery meeting that I mentioned earlier. We sit down, find out what's important about money to you, what we're trying to do. Is there a good fit between us? Can we add value to what you're currently doing? If we agree that, yeah, we need to put a plan together to make sure that we're on the right track and we agree to pay for that plan, then we set aside a series of another couple meetings. One we call the design meeting where together we work through a plan. We find out where we are versus where we need to go and what changes we might need to be made to get there. And then the last meeting is actually delivering that plan and saying, okay, here's the roadmap and the steps over the next few years that we need to take. Some today, some in three months, some in maybe five years that are going to get you on that track. You know, it's objective. So there is no sales pitch at the end of the day. The key thing on that one is that you get an objective plan from a financial advisor that is laying out what you need to do, not what they want to sell. You know, and many times in our industry, that's the conflict of interest. So, you know, for us, the value is in that plan because the plan is going to give you the roadmap on how to move forward. Get a plan in place today. Call Michael Stewart and the team at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. That number to call is 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Mike, as always, thanks for joining us on Retirement Matters been my pleasure to work with you again. We'll do it again. As always, you can find more podcasts online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. There on the main page, they have a tab entitled Podcast, where you can find all the past episodes and more. A lot of good information, good resources on that website. Check them out at crystallaketax.com. This has been another edition of Retirement Matters. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof.